Hebrews chapter 10. If you'll turn to Hebrews chapter 10 with me, I want to remind you that Wednesday nights we're going through a series exposing cultural lies. And last Wednesday, I'll tell you, the Wednesday nights are growing. We're having some real crowds on Wednesday nights. And this Wednesday night, I'm going to be talking on the subject politically incorrect. Believe it or not, political correctness has at least partially muzzled you. We need to understand the danger of political correctness, what it is, where it came from, how it's not of God, and how to get rid of it, how to resist it, and how to overcome it. I personally believe that political correctness is destroying our culture. And so we need an understanding. Wednesday night, we're going to be talking about the subject politically incorrect. And I'm going to be real politically incorrect Wednesday night. Amen? All right. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And verse 25. I'm going to read a, a, a real familiar portion of Scripture. And I want to talk to you today about why Satan doesn't want you in church. How many of you are aware that Satan does not want you in church? Now, let me go on record as saying I don't really care what Satan wants or doesn't want. But I know we're in a battle. And the Bible says he came to kill, steal, and destroy. And if we think that he leaves us alone once we're saved, we're dead wrong. Once you're saved, you've got a target on your chest. And he doesn't want us in church. And he wants to rob us by getting us out of church. Now I'm aware I'm preaching to the choir. You're here. I just want you to take this CD and give it to somebody who's not. Take it to their front porch and drop it there and ring the doorbell and run. <laughs> but I, as going through this message, we're going to see why God wants us in a church home. The apostle writes, let us give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Can you say with me, I am my brother's keeper. Now he goes on. Let us not stay away from church meetings, as is the habit of some. It's some people's habits to stay away from church meetings. But he says, comfort each other and encourage each other as you see the day of Christ's return drawing near. Lord, thank you for your word today, and I thank you that you're going to bless it to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is coming soon. Well, I know I am preaching to the choir. I know you're here. But here's why I'm going to share this message today, because the wolves are always circling the wagon. I said the wolves are always circling the wagon. The thief is always looking for a way to get into the life of a believer. Peter warned us, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, is walking around, prowling about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may eat alive, devour. Well, how does he do it? Well, I believe that one of the ways is to get us out of local church. See, I believe every person, and this is the testimony of Scripture, every, every person who gets saved ought to come directly into the fellowship of a local church. When the New Testament church exploded in the book of Acts, here's what we read. And the Lord added to the church, the local church at, that, at Jerusalem, 
the Lord added to the church every day people who were being saved. As soon as they got saved, they were added or they were added to the church by the Holy Spirit. As soon as they got saved, the Holy Spirit moved them into a local church. We need the local church more than we realize today. God has given us the local church for many reasons. So notice with me, where did he put new believers? He put them into a local church. There is no question that a genuine salvation experience should be followed by regular attendance in a local church. When I got saved, when I got spirit-filled, when I really gave my heart over to the Lord, it was very interesting to me to look back and see that the Holy Spirit himself followed up on me. And one day, came, knocking on my door were two guys who went back in my life a few years. We had been involved in drugs together. And when I opened the door, when they knocked on the, my apartment door and I opened the door, I saw that their eyes did not bespeak any longer somebody involved in drugs. But they had a Bible in their hand. And they were smiling. And they said, Jeff, we're here to take you to a local church. We want to take you to a church meeting. Well, I was dumb and dumber. I didn't know that I should be reading my Bible, praying, be around fellowship. I did not know the basics of the basics about walking with God. But the Holy Spirit knew. And he followed up on me and took me to a local church. And when we went into that church, I saw people lifting their hands. I saw tears streaming down their face. I found camaraderie. And I got so plugged into that local group of, of believers, that little fellowship meeting in a house. I didn't know anything about church, but I knew that things began to happen to me when I got involved in local church. I discovered my gift and my calling to minister the Word in the local church. I learned how to worship God in the local church. I made the friends that I needed to help me disconnect from the old ones so that I could leave that old life and come into the new life, I found them in the local church. The Holy Spirit moved on me over and over again in the local church. I learned to love the Word of God. I got to where I could not wait for church to come around. I was there when the doors opened. I was the last one to leave when they were ready to shut. I was the one they were looking at their watch. Does he not know it's time to go? I love church. I couldn't wait to get in there and worship with the saints of God. I didn't like it when the last song was done. I said, man, it's been too soon. We haven't sung long enough. I want to worship God. I couldn't wait for the preacher to stand up and minister that word. That word was honey to my soul. It was life to my spirit. It was a light on my path. That word I longed for and hungered for. God moved in my life. I'm standing before you today as a result of having gone to local church when I first got saved. It strengthened me. It, it undergirded me. It helped me. It encouraged me. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be looking out for one another. When you see somebody come in the door, you ought to encourage them. You look better than you did last week. Praise God. Good to see you today. The Lord loves you. He's got a plan for your life. Anything I can pray with you about, I'm here to encourage you in Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of local church. The idea of church, the purpose it serves, reaches all the way back into the Old Testament. Listen to what Moses told God's people way back in the Old Testament and apply it to today. He said, gather the people together, men and women and children, and the stranger that is within your gates. 
Why? That they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God and observe to do all the words of this law. And then he goes on talking about their kiddos. He says that their children, which have not known anything, may hear the word of the Lord and learn to fear the Lord your God. I'm going to tell you why today we're having a spiritual meltdown in the United States of America because we have taken the word of God from the eyes and ears of our children. They are growing up like little savages because they've never learned the fear of the Lord. He said, I want you to read the word of God in the hearing of your children. When you gather together, I want that to be the time that the children learn to fear God. Without a fear of the Lord, you will raise a nation of godless young people who have no sense of what God has called them to do or to be. And one of the reasons we've got the local church is so they can walk in these walls, hear the word of the Lord, learn the fear of the Lord, and begin to walk in His ways. That was the reason for the local assembly. And the same thing is true for today. They need to hear the word of God. That's why we are getting ready to bless the children that come to this church. We're working hard all the time to get a program together where if they start in first grade, when they come out in sixth grade, they're going to have learned this and this and this and this about the things of God. They're going to have learned about money. They're going to have learned about the fear of God. They're going to have learned about marriage. They're going to have learned what the Bible has to say about life. Because if they hear the word, they will fear the Lord. That's why instead of the Ten Commandments, we've got metal detectors now in our schools because there's no fear of God. Bring the word back in and get humanism out. Our kids need to hear the word. Now, I know that here at Turning Point, we've got great attendance. We are, most of the people who are members of our church are very good attenders. But in America, and this is concerning me, I've read a lot of articles and I've talked to a lot of people. In America, there seems to be a growing indifference and apathy among God's people towards church attendance and church worship. And some of the people I've encountered in our community over the years have said things like this to me. They have said, I don't believe you've got to go to church to be a good Christian. I don't believe you've got to go to church. Or I can worship God in my own way at home just as well as I can at church. We've got our little altar. We've got our big family Bible. We've got the communion elements. And we just have church at home. We don't need local church. Other people say, well, the weather's too bad. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, boy, I'm glad I came today. <laughs> or they say that Sunday is their only day to sleep in. Others say they're just too busy. I'm just too busy. Many people don't consider God's commandments a priority. They'd rather pursue other things than discipline themselves to be faithful in God's house. As a pastor of almost 25 years now, I'm going to tell you something that I've seen to be true. Going to church never made anybody a Christian. I think the church is one of the greatest harvest fields in the world. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than sitting in a hen house turns you into a chicken. You can sit there and hear the Word of God year after year and never be saved. You've got to have your own experience with Christ. But I can tell you this, if you don't go to church faithfully, you will never be a successful Christian. 
It will not happen because that's not the way that God wired the infrastructure of our salvation. That is not the way he did it. I believe you can and should worship God privately in your own home. But you're robbing yourself of all kinds of blessings if you refuse to assemble with the Lord's people in public worship. I believe that. Now, if I were the devil, if I were the devil, and I was looking for a way to bring you down, if I were the devil and I was looking for a way to weaken your faith, to get you off track, to put out the fire of your first love, and destroy ultimately your Christian testimony and your walk with Christ, I'm going to tell you where I'd begin. I'd begin trying to get you out of church. If I were the devil and I wanted to get you, bring you down, ruin your walk, I'd try to get you out of local church. Now before I go into this, I know there's times, I understand that there are times where genuinely hindered, I'm not here to condemn anybody. I know I'm preaching to the choir. I'm here to illuminate us on why God gave us local church. I know you can be genuinely hindered, employment sometimes, sickness, or unforeseen circumstances. I fully get that. But I'm speaking today to those who can be in God's house and aren't. If I were the devil, I'd try to get you out of church. Anybody knows the best way to put out a fire in a fireplace is separate the logs. Logs put together burn brightly. Logs removed from each other burn out. It's that true, that way with God's people. That's true of God's people. The devil tries to separate us, isolate us, get us away from one another, away from Christian influence. The wolf pack following a herd of deer will patiently nip at the heels of the deer furthest back in the pack, in the herd. They'll nip at their heels until finally one of those deer drops back. And when they do, and they're alone, and they're isolated, the wolves move in and devour them. They want the deer that has dropped out of the herd. And that's the way it is in the body of Christ. I need you. You need me. We need one another. When I hang around with people who walk with God, it lights my fire. It says a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. It matters who you run with. If you're running with the devil's crowd, you're going to start acting like the devil's crowd. Don't tell yourself, well, I'll just bring them up. No, they will bring you down. You need to be around people who pump your faith up. You need to be around people who exhort you in the Lord. You need to be around people that at any given time you can stop and say, let's pray about this. And they'll pray instead of looking at you like you just came in from Mars. We need to hang around with believers. Now, I want to tell you some reasons why the devil doesn't want you in church. The first reason is because it's a sign of your salvation. You being in a church home is a sign of your salvation. It says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, brand new creation. Behold, the old is passed away, and all, all is become new. When you got born again, when you got saved, God made you a brand new creation. And it is natural, it is normal for a brand new child of God, washed in the blood, filled with the Holy Spirit, to want to assemble with the Lord's saints and worship his name. It's natural. God has wrought a miraculous change in your life. 
He has done a powerful thing. He's changed your attitudes, changed your affections. I can tell you, before I got saved, the last thing I wanted to do was go to a church. I picked up a Bible one day, a black King James Bible, opened up that thing. I saw all the these and thous and wouldas and shouldas and couldas. I looked at that and said to myself, how boring, how totally boring. I can't imagine getting out of this, anything out of this book. And what would make it even worse is if I walked into a church and heard some guy talking out of this book who was boring in the first place and bored me to tears. It would be a bore fest. You're not going to get me in church. I can't believe people even bother. I'd rather just sit outside and do what I want. But then I met Jesus and then I got saved. And then the Holy Ghost came into my heart. Is anybody hearing me today? It's a difference when Jesus comes into your heart. Then I couldn't wait to get to church. I couldn't wait to worship God. I grabbed that Bible and I opened it up to the book of Romans and I began to read about how there was no condemnation to those that are in Jesus Christ. I read about the Lord. I read the red ink and I read how he raised the dead, healed the sick, opened blind eyes, taught like no man ever taught. I could not get enough of the Word of God. That boring King James book, before it was all over, I had a stack of them. I was reading them all the time. Give me the Word. Feed me with the Scriptures. It is life. Jesus said the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And I found that as a child of God, I had to have it. I had to have a daily fix. I was hooked. I had a godly addiction and it's the only addiction that won't take all your money and throw you in jail and ruin your life. It's an addiction to the things of God. How many of you couldn't wait to get here and hear the Word of God today? Come on. That's the way we ought to be. Now, there's another reason Satan doesn't want you in church because God commands it and Satan doesn't want you to obey God. Hebrews 10.25, let's read it again. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day of Jesus' return approaching. Faithful, consistent church attendance is required of God's people because God commanded it. Ecclesiastes 12 says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man God is our owner God is our ruler he is our master and because of that we ought to respectfully obey his commandments I don't come to church because I feel like it can I be honest with you there are days I wake up and I don't feel like preaching say you you look like you always felt like it let me give you a little secret I found out that faith is not a feeling Faith is something that you do in obedience to God. See, we are a gotta-feel-it culture. But let me tell you something. In God's kingdom, you don't gotta-feel it. You don't gotta-feel nothing. Bad English, good preaching. You have to move in faith. And guess what? Feeling follows faith. So I just say, I'm going to preach today. I stir myself up in the Lord Jesus Christ. I stir up the gift of God that is within me. And by the time I'm two sentences into my message, I more than feel like preaching. I love it. His word is like a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I cannot keep it in. So I don't come to church when I feel like it. I come to church because he told me to.
That verse is not an option. It's not a suggestion. He's not saying go pray about it. He is saying don't give up meeting together. You need to meet together. You need it more than you know that you need it. And there's a third reason Satan doesn't want you in church because God is glorified when you go to church. God is glorified. Listen to what the psalmist said. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Oh, I love that. Here he is in the Old Testament. He doesn't have the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He doesn't have the blood of Christ. He doesn't have the new birth like we know. And yet David said, I was glad. It made my heart jump. I got excited when somebody said, hey, let's go to church. He said, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let me tell you something, church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We got to wake up. We've been asleep in the light. We've got to rouse ourselves right now as we speak. Radical Islam is covering this world. It is knocking on the door of every nation. And it intends to, to dominate every culture on earth. We got to quit playing church. It's time to rouse ourselves. It's time to wake up and say, I walk with the one and the true living God who sent his only begotten son. He sent me to preach the gospel to the whole world. And that's what I intend to do. And I'm not going to give one inch of land to anything else. I'm going to let my light shine. I'm going to preach his word. I'm going to praise his name. I'm going to gather with the saints when they come together. I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. He got up from the dead. I can get out of bed. Can you say with me, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Praise God. It's refreshing to be able to step out of the rat race, isn't it? It's refreshing to be able to step out of the rat race, out of the daily grind, and come somewhere with God's people and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness and the presence of His saints. I love worshiping alone, but when we get in here together, before Steve is done with the first song, I feel a strength. I feel something coming on me that wasn't there before. You strengthen me, and I strengthen you. I stand up here and preach the Word, but a lot of the time, it's because you worship God so good. I was lit. I was lit the first five minutes because you came to worship Him. And we encourage one another so that we don't go dragging out of here like we were just at a funeral service. We go out of here with our heads held high, with a smile on our face, with a gleam in our eye, with a skip in our step. Why? Because we just got edified, exhorted, and comforted in the Holy Ghost, and we're cranked about Jesus Christ. Amen. Our attitude toward public worship ought to be that of the psalmist when he said, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. What joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. Can I have an amen today? That's the testimony of someone who loved the house of the Lord. Now, there's another reason Satan doesn't want you in church. When we go to church, we're following the example of Jesus Christ. When we go to church, we're following his example. 
Do you know that during the early life of Jesus Christ, he faithfully attended the synagogue, which was the place of public worship in his day? They would gather to read the law and have one of the teachers expound the truths of the Old Testament. Listen to Luke 4, 16. And he, that is Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, where he had been raised. Now, most of his boyhood is a mystery. But here we're getting a glimpse into what Jesus did as a boy. 10, 9, 8. It said where he had been brought up in Nazareth. And as his habit was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Jesus, when he was a boy, this is the way he was raised. He would go into the synagogue on the Sabbath and somebody would read the Word of God. Now, in this particular verse, he was the reader, and he stood up to read, and he read about the prophet Isaiah and quoted it out of Isaiah concerning himself. But notice, as a boy, Jesus, the pattern that he left us was every Sabbath day, there was the Son of God in church. Now, do you think the devil wants you to pattern your life after Jesus Christ? Uh-uh. He wants you like the world. He wants you taking the church lightly. He wants it uh, to look to you like an option you could take or leave. He doesn't want us to treat the house of the Lord with respect. And so when you look at Jesus Christ being God in flesh, he still went to church. He got water baptized, and he went to church, and he honored the gathering together of God's people. His habit, his way of life was this. Now listen to what Peter said. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. You know why the devil doesn't want us to obey God? Because the devil knows we're going to get blessed if we obey God. This is not a hard thing. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not difficult to follow me. If you're under a heavy burden, you're not under Jesus' burden. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I'm going to say it again. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if you're walking around like you're carrying an 800-pound gorilla on your shoulders, you need to pray because that's not God. His yoke is easy. Amen, Pastor Jeff. Preach it. I'm going to get this CD. Amen. So say with me, Satan doesn't want me in church because he knows it'll bless me. In church, you're going to hear God's Word preached. And that's a real good reason he doesn't want you in church. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Let me tell you something, folks. This Bible is the way you increase your faith. This Bible is the way your faith grows. Every time you open up this book, it increases your faith. That's why Monday you better do it. Tuesday you better read it. Wednesday you better think about it. Thursday you better be in it. Friday you better open these pages. And Saturday you ought to spend time with it because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. You know what's happening right now as I'm talking to you? Your faith, whether or not you feel it, is being built in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And God has declared and designed that when we come to a church that's worth going to, and can I say, I can think of a few churches Satan would love to lead you to. But if it's a Bible preaching, Jesus worshiping 
church, he doesn't want you there because your faith is going to be built. Every time the church meets, the pastor has been called by God to nourish you with the Word of God. The Bible says he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Now, I want you to listen closely to the reason God gave pastors to preach the Word of God. At the end of each benefit that I'm about to read to you that comes from hearing the Word preached in church, I'm going to summarize the result. Listen to what hearing the preached Word does. The pastor's responsibility, this is Paul, he begins. The pastor's responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Now there's the discovery of your spiritual gift. The pastor's call is to equip you, equip you to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Did you know that you were called to build up the church, the body of Christ, that we need you You are the fingers and the toes and the arms and the legs of the church. And God has called you to hear the word. And as you hear the word, your spiritual gift is is discovered. Now Paul continues. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. There you have unity and maturity. Again, he goes on measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, Christ Christ-likeness. He goes on, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching, spiritual stability. He goes on, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth discernment. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church, growing in God's love. Listen to these, purpose, unity, maturity, Christ-likeness, stability, discernment, and growth in love are all results of hearing the word preached to you. Is it any wonder Satan doesn't want you in maturity, finding your purpose, walking in unity, becoming like Christ, stable, discerning, and growing in love. That's why we come to church. I'll tell you what, we ought to get excited next time somebody says, let's go to the house of the Lord. I'm going to go and get blessed. Give the Lord a hand, everybody. Now, there's another reason Satan will fight you from going to church. And I know that he does fight you from going to church. The church-going Christian is an example to others. I want you to hear this one. Every time we attend the gathering of the saints in our local church, we're providing a proper example to our children, to other believers, and the lost world at large. That's why the devil doesn't want you in church. Because your neighbors are watching you, and you don't think they are. They watch it when you walk out to your car, your kids in tow, you're dressed, you get in your car, you start it, you go off to church while they haven't even got out of bed yet. And they realize something has happened to them and that's why they're going to church. You're a witness when you don't even know somebody is watching. I'll guarantee you there is always someone who knows of your confession watching to just to see how much your faith has changed you. They're watching. Jesus said, you're the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth. 
Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And what better way for them to see it than to see you all get in the car and head off to church. They know where you're going and they know why you're going. Wow! Their faith meant enough to get them out of bed and get them into church. Amen, Pastor Jeff. Praise God. I'm going to give you one more reason. We go to church to fellowship with Jesus. Jesus Christ is the head of his church, and the Bible says he's in attendance every time. Do you know the book of Revelations in Revelations 2 says that he walks in the midst of his churches? Jesus walks in the midst of his churches. He's walking through our churches. And he says to every one of the seven churches mentioned in Revelations 2, he says, I know your works. I know your works. I know your works. I know your works. You know, right now I know that he's walking up and down the aisles in this church. He's touching hearts right now. He's already been with us. We don't come together for five minutes, but what Jesus is already here. Where two or three or more are gathered together in my name, there am I in the middle of you. So when we come together, amen. When we come together and we begin to worship the Lord, it doesn't take long at all, but I'm aware of another presence. I'm aware of the Spirit of God here. He says, you didn't gather together in the name of a church or the name of a denomination. You've gathered together in my name. And when you come to glorify me, as soon as you gather, I am there. Well, that gives me an expectation because he hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what did he do way back then? He went about everywhere he, uh, doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So when we come together in his name, under his banner, he does the same thing here. He goes about doing good, healing people who are oppressed of the devil, you leave lifted. You leave encouraged. You leave healed. That's the ministry of Jesus Christ in his church. So this is why I come to church. I come to fellowship with the one who died for me. I come to be touched by him. I come to spend time in his presence. He, listen, I don't want to break your heart, don't want to offend you, but I don't come to see your new dress or your new suit. I come to be with Jesus. As soon as he's here, I am satisfied. I want his presence. I want him. And that's why we have church. Can we stand together today? Can you say with me, God wants me in church? Because salvation has changed me. God commands it. We're to glorify Him. Jesus modeled it. We need to hear the Word preached. We need instruction for living. And we want to spend time in fellowship with Him. That's why we have local church. I can't imagine being in a church that doesn't lift Him up, but I've been in a few. It's a scary thing. When Kathy and I were in between churches before we started this one, I visited, just for instance, a church in Dallas where the pastor walked out or whatever he was, a speaker, and he read from Robert Frost. He never said the word God. Every hymn had been gutted 
of any mention of God, and they were selling Stephen King novels in the bookstore. Now, Satan will love you there. he leads you there. But he doesn't want you in a church that preaches the Word. He doesn't want you in a church where you worship Him. How many of you needed this today, though it hurt a little bit? <clears throat> the local church is a blessing. It's a blessing. I need you and you need me. Father, we just thank you for your presence here today, Father's Day. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of the local church, and we receive your blessing. We ask you, Lord God, to help us in these days of attack against your church to occupy a chair, to lift your name, and to make a noise for Jesus. We thank you for it, Father, in your mighty name. Thank you, Lord. And I want you to take a minute to pray before we dismiss. And pray for somebody who you know is out of church. I can think of a bunch of them. And they need our compassion, and they need our love, and they need our prayers because they need to be resurrected, and they need to get back into fellowship. And I want us to pray for them. How many of you can say, I know somebody who's out of church? I want you to look around at this everywhere. All right? Pray for them as Steve plays right before we dismiss. Thank you, Lord.